everyone, welcome back to the Animal Cloud Podcast, where we dive into what animal health is and what you can do to better help animals. Today's guest is Dr. Kleinpeter, an equine veterinarian. Dr. Kleinpeter, could you please tell us more about yourself? Well, as you mentioned, I am an equine veterinarian, and that's a veterinarian that works uh, specifically on horses. My practice is limited to two horses and focuses primarily on show horses. That's really cool. Could you go into more detail about what you do horses? Well, it's show and performance horses. For instance, horses that compete at horse shows in a variety of different events, from Western events to English to jumping. We also, in our local practice, work on a lot of barrel racing horses, roping horses and the like, cutting horses. So it's a pretty varied practice but generally the, the breeds that we work on are Arabians, half Arabians, quarter horses, some thoroughbreds, some warm bloods. And that's, that's about it. I've been in practice since 1978 and it's been equine practice throughout except for my first year out of school, I was in a mixed practice and did small animal as well. That's really cool. So you've been in this center of animal health for quite a while. You have loads of experience. The thing that I would really like to know are what is the most challenging part of your job? And then what's the most rewarding part of your job? I would say there are many challenges in veterinary practice because there are many moving parts in any given practice and there are a lot of different practice models out there from the traditional small animal practice to a mixed practice to one that focuses specifically on horses and beyond that it can be surgical practice internal medicine practice there are many different ways one can go about practicing but the main thing is to serve the uh, animal owning public and take good care of the animals that we're asked to deal with. So it's a, it's a very important relationship between the veterinarian, the client, and the patient. That's really cool. So going along with this important relationship between the veterinarian, the client, the patient, are there any inefficiencies with communication? And how do you think those inefficiencies could be better resolved? Well, communication's the key. In I think properly, you know, communicating the needs of the patient to the client. In many instances, trainers are involved in the care of these animals. So we interact with horse trainers as well as the clients. And it's important to maintain that communication because when you're not communicating, misunderstandings often happen. So it's, it's very important to keep lines of communication open. Nowadays, you know, we have telephone calls or text messages, emails, and even our our website is a source of information generally for our clients. And then, of course, the other social media like Facebook, et cetera, is often employed. So it's, it, it is challenging, but it, it is quite rewarding to be able to help and keep the animal's needs first. Absolutely. Keeping the animal above all should always be, when we're talking about animal health, should always be very, very important. What are some ways that 
people at home, for those listening, can better prioritize their own animal's health? Well, for example, nowadays, I think the animal-owning public is much more knowledgeable generally than they used to be about their particular animals. And, and, and certainly that increases the level of care that they can provide. But it's also important that they establish a relationship with a veterinarian so that they can access you know, valuable information from nutrition to dental care to just general health situations and be you know, have access to care when an emergency may arise. So relationships are very important in providing good animal care. Absolutely. I know you said that animal owners now have a lot more information or are a lot more well-versed in how to care for an animal, but I'm sure that there are a lot of things that haven't changed with animal care. So thinking about just broadly with any challenges that you faced, what do you think is one thing that you wish you could change about animal care? <laughs> well, I think it's really operating in most places at a pretty high level. You know, the, the folks that I deal with, with their horses, uh, seem to be some of the most knowledgeable and skilled clients across the board because of their relationship with their animals and the time that they spend with them, the care that they individually provide. But, well, I'd have to ponder that just a bit. I'm sure there are areas where, you know, services could be tailored more appropriately to a group of clients. But I think in today's world, access to information is, uh, is pretty available. And uh, whether through direct contact with their veterinarian or, you know, sources on the internet, there are plenty of places to get information. So I, I don't think that the uh, animal owners are necessarily at a disadvantage. Absolutely. So with all this information that you that people have nowadays, I know that technology plays a big role in facilitating that and kind of just helping vets with a lot of different areas of the job. What would you say is the typical relationship between vets and technology? Well, well I think that would depend on the age group that you're talking about. Somebody of, in my age group, it's, we're probably not as well-versed technologically as some of the younger veterinarians. While we may have a lot more experience in certain areas, the technology is changing so rapidly that I'm sure most people, if they're anything like me, it's it's hard to keep up with what's really going on at the forefront of technology. But I think today's veterinarians have a very high skill level because of continuing education and continued learning throughout one's practice career. Absolutely. So is there anything with technology that you use on a daily basis or is there any piece of technology that really is critical to how your job operates well yes i mean every day it it improves today we use digital radiographic equipment sometimes portable sometimes not we use digital ultrasound for diagnostic purposes 
we have access to CT scans and MRIs and nuclear scintigraphy for horses, which has really helped in, in our diagnostic capabilities. You know, much, you know, it's much better than it was just 10 years ago. So, uh, and things do continue to improve. Absolutely. So given that your specialty is horses and that's kind of your area of expertise, what data would you say is significant for vets to know with horse care? Well, uh, there have been some uh, efforts recently to develop ways to monitor horses and I guess get information, you know, on their condition, sometimes remotely, sometimes you know, visually, just to make sure that people can be aware of changes in their horse's behavior that might suggest some disease process that at work. So I think that there's an opportunity as these technologies are developed to, to where horses can be monitored, vets can be averted, or at least identified early before they get, get too bad. It sounds like early detection is critical. It's very key. I would say so. I would say so. And in another area, animal behavior, I guess, in the last 30 years has become a, an important area of study. And a lot has been learned in, in all species. Yeah. So what is one of the things that you think has changed the game with horse care? One of the things that vets have learned that have really just helped improve horse care and animal care in general? Well, I, I think the awareness of the owners and the, the desire of owners to provide the best possible care for their, their pets. You know, there's, a, you know, what's described as the human-animal bond, and it's very strong. And what we're seeing in the horse industry or at least in my practice, we're seeing more owners that own possibly fewer horses. The trend is, you know, an owner might have one or two horses, but take extremely good care of them. Sometimes they compete, sometimes they don't. There are many breeds and disciplines out there. You know, these, these animals are not only used in competition, but they're also pets. The availability of quality uh, feedstuffs proper management, good dental care, good wellness care, you know, with appropriate vaccinations done annually, um, parasite control, all of those things together make for a much healthier animal, and they're more likely to have a, a successful competitive career. That's, you know, the direction that the owner would like to go. Absolutely. So given that owner knowledge is a pretty big deal and being able to, as a pet owner, really take extremely good care of not just horses, but any animals that are under my care, what does that look like with overnight care? How should pet owners be involved with that? Is it something where they leave their pets or horse with the vet overnight or is it something where a horse owner or a pet owner has to be really cognizant during the night of how their animal's health is doing well with different species it's it's quite different it, 
you know, if you have a dog in the house, you're going to be aware more than likely if something uh, is wrong. Now, with horses, where they're the way they're stable, you know, is often in a place apart from the owner. Now, most well-run stables do what are called barn checks. They may check horses in the evening after their normal feeding time to make sure that they're not experiencing any difficulties with any upset stomachs or anything like that that can lead to more serious problems. But it's just generally being aware of what is normal behavior and anything out of the norm needs some attention and, you know, the owner should, you know, contact appropriate people you know, when they do experience something like that. Absolutely. So I want to be cognizant of your time. I really appreciate you for coming on here and talking to me and talking to our audience and really just spreading more knowledge about animal care. Before you go, I have one last question though. And that would sure. be, what are some misconceptions around horses and animal care and horse care specifically that people have? And what would you say about those misconceptions? Well, I think one could talk quite some time on that topic. I think, I think there are people out there in the public that don't have much direct experience with animals. In fact, a, a surprising statistic was made known to me back 30 years ago, and that involved the number of, or the percentage of our population in the United States that has any direct involvement with production agriculture. And it was less than 2% of the population back then. Whoa. Um, and I think people, tend to anthropomorphize horses or animals in general. They're not humans, but they are animals and deserve to be properly cared for. But they can experience extremes of temperature and certain work conditions that a, a human might find to be unacceptable if they were in that place, but it's certainly not always the case with an animal. So. I think that we do encounter people from time to time that feel, you know, incorrectly that animals are being abused when they're not. And certainly animal abuse is a, is a horrible thing and, and no sane person would condone anything like that. But I think some people act out of emotion and not from a, a position of any knowledge or experience and I think that's where you get groups like PETA and others that have some pretty extreme views. And I think that that's something that people nowadays that come from an urban environment and have no direct experience with farm animals, it's difficult for them to really get a good, complete understanding of how that should work. How do you think people could rectify this misconception? How do you think that they should go about educating themselves? Well, maybe difficult on a large scale, but I think if anyone has any interest, they should, you know, get involved with animals in the correct way and learn more about what this world is all about and not act simply on emotion, but on knowledge.
Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Klein-Peter. It's been a pleasure. I feel like I have learned so much. I know I have literally zero knowledge of courses. So I really enjoyed learning more about animal care and horse care. So thank you so much for joining me tonight. It was my pleasure. And then to our viewers, if you want to join the Animal Cloud community, please check out our website at www.animal.cloud or connect with us at LinkedIn at Animal Cloud Device Connectivity. We're also on Instagram at Animal Cloud Campus. So if you want to give us a follow, please go ahead. Thank you all for tuning in and catch you on the next episode of the Animal Cloud Podcast.